that's definitely that that's definitely the end of the podcast that's gonna be like the clip after the last music bit (laughs) i'm frank sinatra i have a sultry voice but i thought it was more well it's it's not even (laughs) yeah you it was deeper it was like boom 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 i'm frank Frank sinatra yeah i have a sultry voice yeah Welcome to A Halting Podcast. My name is Mark Brillig, and with me today is Mr. Chuck Lines back again, of course. Hello. And this is a very special podcast because we have two more guests with us, my friends Glenn. Hello. And the lovely Riesling. Hi there. So let's start off with uh, episode three. And to begin with, we have Melinda coming straight back from elimination. She got left and Aaron went home. Uh, She came back to the boys' cabin to say thank you to everyone. And the first interview with you that we see is basically the argument that you'd made the last time, that Melinda was the obvious choice to keep. Although, all that we see of the interview is that she's obvious for you because she's the only one of the girls who you really connect to at all. Is there anything else in that interview that they might have cut out or that you would want to restate, like other practical purposes? Aaron had just been elected in a, in a tie with ISIS for mm-hmm. camp counselor. So that seemed like a totally obvious choice. And it just happened to also be in line with my personal friendship with Melinda, which was, you know, starting to become... I was quickly realizing that she was the only person in the camp that uh, shared really any interests with me. So, Well, you've I, got yoga with uh, the yogi, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, she's she's more into hot yoga and sweating it out, whereas I'm uh-huh. more interested in uh, just kind of stretching. Gotcha. I like a good stretch and a little meditation now and then. But uh, so she was kind of a bit more intense than I would generally go. Gotcha. But yeah, I well, mean, it was just kind of a coincidence, I think, at least that uh, a happy coincidence, sure, but a coincidence sure. nonetheless. So next we get, so Melinda heads off to stroll back to her cabin when Moses terrifies her with the wolf mask. Um, (laughs) Did you know that was happening before it happened or was it just his own? I did. Um, did? I did. I knew all about it and I thought it was kind of hysterical. Um, He, (laughs) we were watching from behind the trees in the guy's camp. uh, (laughs) Some of the guys were still inside though, right? Right, right, right. It was Mikey and I think Cam and I. So basically mm-hmm. the bear cabin went yeah. out to uh, to watch what happened. And we we saw it happen and Melinda just stayed on the ground for probably a good three minutes. We were kind of worried about her. Really? Because yeah. they cut away from her quick, but she was there for a while. She just stayed curled up on the ground. <laughs> oh, God. She, I mean, she dropped like a rock. Yeah. Um, and assumed the turtle pose. <laughs> and uh oh man it, it it was it was hysterical in retrospect but at the time we were kind of like oh man what what did we do right, right. is she having I mean, a heart attack is she okay <laughs> is she gonna live yeah do you think 
Was there any thought in your mind that after the initial drop, she thought there was an actual creature around her? <laughs> I have no idea, but for the next few days, she was, uh, she was talking about the Wolfman attack. Oh, God. I feel like that's a bad move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, new, the next question is, is she going to, uh, did she ever figure out who the, um, who the Wolfman was? And oh, true. The answer is, we'll have to wait and see. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Tease. All right, so Melinda, of course, is angry for being seen as weak. She probably has very mixed feelings about still being there because it means they thought she was weaker than Aaron, even though that's a bit of a plus because she's still there. It's still kind of a bad thing to feel. And sure. we sort of get the feeling that she'll try to backstab the girls, but definitely not anywhere as strong as Lauren Steele. Right. Like, she, she's carrying the rage, but none of the follow-through, it seems. Right. I think she's much more likely at this point to try to prove herself to the girls mm -hmm. um, by kicking butt in the next couple of challenges. But whether or not that'll, that'll come to fruition, we'll have to see. Yep. So we get a talk with Mike and Justin, where Mike is thinking it's going to be Justin again as the camp counselor, and he's fine with that, and he expresses that to both Justin and the audience. I mean, those two... For the beginning here, they seem like the equivalent of Isis Brooke, or even tighter. They're just the two guys that are yeah. even on more of a team with each other than the rest of the guys. It seems like that anyway. Yep, it sure does. So, of the votes that we see, Mikey votes for Mike for Camp Counselor. Justin votes for Moses. Who did you vote for in this round? I believe that I voted for Justin again. Okay, that would make sense. You voted for him the first time, right? Yep. And I thought he did a pretty good job, um, not only of handling the girls' banishment, but also of choosing which ones of them would be in the canoes. Um, mm -hmm. He really did. We had a couple of moments that I don't, I don't think they were shown, but we had a couple of moments to to discuss. And he he listened to everyone and made a really good choice based on all of our suggestions. Yeah. So, I, I'm most interested at this point in electing an, an individual that will take the team's interests at heart yep. um, because ultimately if our team is winning so are they then we get some yoga which which you have already said that wasn't your type of yoga rachel has a yoga session um now chris doesn't join in although he's he's nearby and just kind of watching lurking yeah <laughs> he's right there that yeah. shot that shot through rachel's elbow right yeah, yeah. <laughs> chris is is so sad and pathetic it's, it's like dude you're right there <laughs> <laughs> just just join in you were invited <laughs> it's part last kid picked in gym class and part creeping and right. washing her butt right why <laughs> didn't he just i mean he here he is complaining about being left out of everything and he's the one sitting on the sidelines just kind of watching just get up and do yoga if I you want to do yoga you know well he didn't one because he was complaining about his lower back even though yoga helps that problem but yeah. i know i wouldn't want to do yoga because i just don't want to try to break that through that pain um mm -hmm. but uh, yeah he might have just thought he was too far gone at this point i don't know maybe i don't know self-ostracism is never a good thing is ostracism a word i'm gonna say yes okay. self-ostracizing that, that one, sounds more know. correct actually. sure <laughs> the second one Riesling approved 
Huzzah. <laughs> now, on the other hand, you and Justin aren't there either, um, and I can understand Justin... Justin just seems like he's going to be wearing his hunting gear, like, to bed with him. Um, right. But, and I know you weren't into doing that type of yoga, but what what were you doing around that time? Oh, dear. Uh-oh. I think I probably took a nap. Um, nice. I mean, we were going pretty hard at, at camp, and some of the challenges were physically exhausting, and they were certainly not... As a production, they wanted us to be on edge all the time, and it takes a lot out of you trying to notice everything and see everything. So I took yeah. every every opportunity I could to get some much needed rest and mm-hmm. and how, sort of recu- recover. How many hours of sleep did you usually get? I don't know because we weren't allowed clocks or watches. Oh wow! So yeah, I we really lost our sense of time. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm so certainly you didn't have your cell phones with you at all either. Oh, definitely no. Yeah, no communication with the outside world when you're exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. Yep. yep. Okay, so we get Justin as your counselor again, Rachel as the girls' counselor, and Cameron thinks that Rachel's not going to do well at all, which I don't know what I was going to say. Do you guys have anything to say about I do, that? I do, which is that you should never underestimate a hot yoga instructor. It is different, <laughs> as Chuck said, from regular yoga. Hot yoga people are crazy. <laughs> I'm only half joking. Like you have to be a little bit masochistic to enjoy hot yoga. <laughs> yep. Um, because apparently the first time you do it, you feel like you're gonna die. Yeah, I I don't don't ever want to bother with that. No, me either. I like yoga, but I I am playing with that. Yeah. Also, if you if you saw her, it was just a a brief clip after the um the marshmallow challenge Hmm. where as soon as she fell off, she picked up a handful of dirt and sticks and kind of threw them into the ground. And then of course she, she had the, the emotional um, Mm -hmm. interview that she did. (laughs) And that, that was kind of, you know, upsetting obviously, but it's becoming more and more evident as this thing progresses that she's got kind of a violent, side to her that we haven't really seen yet yeah we definitely saw none of it in the first episode right i mean she may be the yogi but how much of that is to uh to counter some of her more uh aggressive tendencies but i thought that 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 moment was definitely uh definitely more important than it seems Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so isis steals your underwear during the day. Uh, well, whose underwear? It lo- looked like Mikey B's and Mike's. Pretty much mostly Mikey B's. Did she steal your underwear? She did not. Um, I think she really targeted Mikey B because he was definitely the one in charge of all the pranking. Um, yeah. And that was kind of evident because uh, he's Mikey. Um, yep. But they left me out of it, which I was pleased by. But um, I don't know whether she just didn't know where I kept my underwear or or what mikey's would have been easy because he's kind of a slob and i mean that in the best possible way but his underwear were kind of everywhere whereas mine were tucked away in my suitcase somewhere did you lock your suitcase no i didn't didn't bother with that i was like if something goes missing there's only 15 other people here it could be unless one of them who steals it goes home 
Then you're out a pair of underwear. Could have been. That'd be pretty creepy. Be really creepy. Okay. I wouldn't put it past certain. <laughs> I did. People. I found oh, yeah. out last night. I went to watch the episode with Mikey and Melinda at Mikey's place right. last night, and I found out that Mikey had a pair of my underwear. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh. That was kind of odd. By accident? Um. Yes. And How no. How did someone's underwear by accident? <laughs> I will tell the second half of that story later <laughs> later on because there may or may not be spoilers and at the end of that isis of course says you don't mess with isis which i do <laughs> having a great time picking on her on twitter just because of all the people there she seems the most successful so i feel like that she's an, an open target <laughs> yeah and she's a motivational speaker so i just have to have a problem with that <laughs> She's also one of my favorite people on the show, so don't get me in trouble with her. <laughs> Isis is a sweetheart. I'm definitely going to keep up picking on her, though. That's fine. Isis, come on our podcast. Yes, please. She. I was even surprised that she responded to my tweets. <laughs> she was like, those sound like fighting words, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, I'll, I'll second the invitation. Come on the show and fight with words. Isis, um, Lauren may be coming on, uh, and Chuck, I, I, I've told you this, Lauren may be coming on the podcast next week, or at least at some point in the near future. That's fun. And Isis, you don't want to be left out, do you? Okay, so Chris is talking to Michelle alone at some point, and Michelle finds out that Chris is definitely pretty much against the guys. Um, he wants to get rid of basically everyone on his team except Justin, and maybe you and Kyle? It seems like he's really... But th what was the quote? Give it a shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris I, said... I want to get rid of these pork-eaten steroid motherfuckers. <laughs> well, that's it's clearly like, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he was, I guess, targeting Mike and Moses, but he was referring to everyone when he said it, right? Well, he was just... I, I don't know... It was non-specific as to whom. Yeah, so so they might have just cut that out, but it, it seemed mainly Mike and Moses, I guess. Um, <laughs> That's a great quote. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, the editors chose to cut back to a shot of, I think, Mike and someone else eating breakfast at that line. Which wasn't pork, necessarily. No, no I don't think it There was. was usually bacon at breakfast. Oh, really? Oh, That's okay. great. That's good. <laughs> Not that that matters. <laughs> Gotta love bacon. Yeah, bacon. <laughs> so, Lauren, the mean girl, checks her status with the guys who says that they're all satisfied. Things seem going well here. And at this point, I want to bring Glenn in uh, to talk about something that he brought up when he watched episode one about what he really thinks Lauren ought to be doing. Because I made the comment that I thought she overplayed her hand and seemed to say, I'll give you anything. Right. Now, Glenn says otherwise, yeah, so take it. Yeah, and the, the way I saw it is that that was the, the perfect strategy. Why not just sit there and throw every challenge blatantly and knowing full well that the girls are going to send you to the guys, but then the guys are never going to send her home because she's an asset to the guys' team. Right. 
Now, right. One... I mean, you can really play it two ways. You can be the strongest player and never get banished, or you can be the weakest player and get banished every time but survive till the end. One counter that I have to that is one, if someone else starts playing that same game and they happen to be, the boys just want that person to go home even more. Or, and we'll have to wait and see for the final episode, but... If you lose too many people just because you're not helping your team and someone from the girls' team gets banished every time, right? then numbers game, you're, you're not... It's, it could be like one versus eight. Right. But... Right, and you don't know what those challenges are going to be, so you may need some of the skills of the people that you've ended up getting rid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, but the way I see it is Lauren would guarantee herself a shot at that final challenge a by shot. what a shot but how good of a shot she's there but if it's something yeah. if it's not a tug of war match but something some variation of that yeah. where you need more than one person if it's an egg throwing contest <laughs> she just tosses it to herself and breaks it on her face i mean <laughs> yeah I, I i get what you're saying but at, at this point the way i see it is there the target is the target was in the first episode at least on her back already yes and i feel like they're not going to just send her once and then say okay now you did your time you know there i i felt like if i was lauren in that position i would think crap i have to do something so right. why not just go all the way with it. I mean, not necessarily so much that you're you're making it completely obvious, which was, uh, I guess, my original mm. thought. Um, but now the the way I see it is, it, it almost seemed like the the men were almost saying that she was done serving her time. Like you know, just one more challenge. Or did somebody somebody made a comment about that in the pool early in episode three? Right. I don't remember it, Chuck. Anything. I mean, they might have, but definitely we all kind of agreed. I don't know. If if so, then they were speaking on their own. I personally Mm. was of the opinion that she was in it until the very end. Once we got to the Camp Athlon, Mm. then, of course, she's released to do her own thing because she has no incentive to work for us anymore after that. Of course. Is that what the last challenge is called? The Camp Athlon? Yeah. Nice. I, I mean, I can mostly see that especially because of the challenges so far they have evened it out you know they've in the marshmallow they had chris sit out and in this one they had two more sit out but you know i can't fully trust that that's going to be the case in the end right it's hard to say yeah all right we get to the social the sweetheart dance tickets again have a catch to them uh not everyone gets a ticket two people from each team get a ticket but they have plus ones attached so Justin is going with Rachel because they're the camp counselors, and Rachel gives tickets to Lauren and Melinda uh, because they. she says one's been banished and one hasn't been invited, but in fact both of them had been banished recently. Uh, and Justin picks you and Mikey B, and the losers get to wash the Jeeps. And then you get to pick... You, I mean, there's really three people for you to pick, either Michelle, Isis, or Brooke. Had Mikey basically already called Michelle because earlier Michelle said, oh, I don't want to go? Yeah, I mean, as soon as as soon as she said she didn't want to go, Mikey wanted to take her uh-huh. um, because Mikey. But yeah. uh, so that left me with Isis and Brooke, which was kind of a tough one because Isis and Brooke are both lovely people. And I guess I had more of a connection with Brooke because she 
she and I had talked a little bit about how she had grown up as a nerd. And so we had some similar interests. She was Mm -hmm. into Star Wars. So I was like, awesome. Come to the dance. It'll be fun. All right. Melinda asks Chris, um, maybe somewhat strategy-wise, because to treat him well, to get them even more on their side. And Lauren asks Cameron, because they definitely like each other. Listeners, we're going to speed up a lot now. Don't ask why. Here we yeah. go. Okay, and you ask Brooke. Okay, we got that. Um, and they're washing cars, and that's cool. Fine. Wait, I have to ask. Do you actually wash the cars, or is this just something they... Well, Chuck, when you washed the cabin, uh, the lodge on the last episode, you really washed it, right? Yes, we did. And they... Mikey is a terrible person with a mop. <laughs> you should never, ever be given a mop. Okay. Uh, what Not about surprised. washing the cars? Did it seem like they were actually washing? Because they didn't even sprinkle dirt on those things. They were pretty clean. The cars looked pretty clean, but they did. They were told they had to wash them, and they <laughs> they did do a pretty thorough job. And I will say, it gets cold up in the mountains at night mm. and yeah so that that is not a job that i i would have envied it looks like it's an easy job but you got to remember it's wet and it's cold and everybody's kind of sleep deprived already so i'm surprised yep. that none of them got really sick yep okay we get to the dance and oh boy is melinda doing some bow staff dance moves <laughs> yep. like did you ever fear for your life in there a little bit I mean, that just seems like no one's going to dance with her. (laughs) But on the other hand, she looks really happy. Yeah. True. Good for her. Yeah. She was doing her thing, which was great. Good. Get it out. (laughs) Did she bring that staff with her? No. Somebody handed her, like, I think that was the mop minus the mop head. (laughs) Nice. We, I mean, what happened to Brooke? Because you just end up with Melinda, and she is just piling on the compliments to you. And you guys admit that you would have asked each other if one of you hadn't gotten the ticket. Right. Yeah, any, any words on that? Well, initially, when, when Justin asked me, um, or he gave me an invitation, I, I was kind of like, oh, man, you shouldn't have wasted it on me. Give it to Chris to show support. And then Melinda's yeah. going to ask me. We know that's right. going to happen. Right. Um, and if it hadn't, whatever, not the end of the world. So I was kind of bummed that that happened. But Brooke, Brooke is super cool just as a person. Sure. So I, I didn't feel bad, not really ditching her, I guess, at the dance. But like it, it became really a group activity more sure. so than a partner's activity, at least until the king and queen of the dance were announced. Right. You see me dancing with Rachel and Melinda, yes. I'm sure I had at least one dance with Brooke in there. Whether they showed mm-hmm. it or not, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was more aware of the dance with Rachel. Yeah. Mostly because that... she does that, like, drop down. Right, that was hard to miss. Ass thing. Yeah. <laughs> hard to miss in each episode, right? Right? No, I've noticed her. So I was actually telling them during the episode, I was like, just wait for it because this girl can move her ass. <laughs> Uh, Rachel, in an interview, thinks that you and Melinda go together the best of anyone here, of course, because geek and the sci-fi nerd. And then you guys are, in the episode, just declared sweethearts for the summer. But in an extended scene, we see uh, the, the DJ has basically a vote by way of clapping who should be the king and queen 
of the Sweetheart Dance. Um, and you are the last of the boys to be called out, and they just go wild for you. <laughs> the, the campers, uh, these are the only people who are, who are You know, they all go wild for me. Of course. Um, <laughs> and then they save Melinda till the end, and they go wild for her more than anyone else. And it just feels like you and she were put last on purpose and the other campers had a plan just they wanted that to happen they probably did i mean of all of the potential couples at summer camp i'm sure that people were were kind of pushing us the most yeah i mean there there are already there were people on twitter that were posting comments before this episode even happened saying things like i i ship you guys so hard so if you don't know what that means shipping is like imagining two characters from something you're a fan of together even though they there's no real evidence for it in the show interesting yeah so i knew the, that term yeah i just want to put that out there right so we've already got chuck chuck and melinda or chalinda shippers um oh. Oh. yeah <laughs> I mean, initially I was kind of frumpy about it because I I was getting a lot of attention that I didn't really expect or feel like I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little bit uncomfortable just because this this new title was kind of being forced on me. But at the same time, I started to think about it and was kind of like, you know what? I've just been elected, you know, prom king. That's That's kind of cool. I'll take it. And you say, I could go anywhere and do anything. Did I say that? Yeah, in an interview. <laughs> Fascinating. I, I, yeah, I mean, I've just gotten to do a bunch of things that, that most nerdy guys won't ever get to do. I took a supermodel to the dance and was elected prom king. And I've just won two challenges and been the MVP two weeks in a row. I, I feel pretty proud of myself and pretty capable. Yeah. I don't think that's unreasonable. I do. (laughs) Well, we all know how I feel about you, Mark. Oh, yes. (laughs) So, towards the end of that uh, that dance scene sequence, they have this one shot, and it's very obvious, like, editing, where they have you and Melinda, and then you talking about, it's right after you've spoken about being elected, sweetheart, whatever it was, and you and Melinda kiss very... Just completely no context. They just show this shot of you kissing. Right. Nothing before and nothing after. And I noticed um, you even look a little, like, too aware of the camera. You kind of make a muh, like, muh noise as you pull away. <laughs> um, yeah. So what was, what was the story behind that moment? Well, as a uh, as the sweetheart king and queen, you know, the they really wanted to see if... Uh, if we would uh, grant them a kiss, and I was happy to oblige them, but um, I, I was, I tried to make it clear from the beginning that that Melinda and I were friends, and this competition was what we were there for. So I wasn't about to let my personal feelings get in the way of uh, of the competition. So I was, I was a little leery of this whole sweetheart king and queen thing and i at the at on the one hand 
I I was totally game because I thought, hey, Melinda's cool, that's fine, and you know everybody wanted it to happen pretty badly. But on the other hand, I knew that that could have an adverse effect on the game later on, and that's that's really the socials are still part of the game. So that's mm-hmm. that's where where I was thinking. So before the competition, the morning of, Rachel does a yogi esque pep talk. Uh, She tries to amp them up with some, you know, power thought right at the beginning and then some meditation. And I I have to give her props for that because none of the other leaders so far really seem to have done much, or at least not not that we've seen, to really pump their team up for, you know, they don't know what's coming, but just to get them really in the mood. Right. Did, I mean, when you had... Justin and uh, Kyle did I know Kyle said something the night before he said something at the end of the social to some of the guys trying to make them feel good for the next day but right did Justin ever give you guys some you know oh yeah I mean there were there were always pep talks um, oh okay um, I I would usually go into into battle uh, as it were singing uh, a song of the day sometimes these always i mean i'm sure they got cut out because they're copyrighted but <laughs> i went in singing the mission impossible theme once to which uh, one uh i don't even remember okay. anymore mark but uh i did that i did the james bond theme for a day that was a good one um i did uh war huh what is it oh right, for? right um for a day and i did uh Oh, what was the other one? One by Queen, I think. Oh, um, We Are the Champions afterwards and before? Not We Are the Champions. It was uh, We Will Rock oh, You. Oh, of course. That was the one. That was the one. So did that just piss off all of your teammates? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, Mikey, at, at, I mean, they all got, not my teammates so much as the other team. That It really annoyed the heck out of them. Yeah. Um, which I think is probably one of the reasons that Indirectly, I guess, is one of the reasons that uh, Rachel um, kind of started this calming meditative thing, mm. just to prep her team, because we were all we were all about getting pumped up before right. before a challenge and just get excited. And there we go, woo, out of the gate. Right. So we get a cut to an interview with Lauren, who is kind of downplaying it. She says the key to winning is not meditation. The key to the key is being better than the other team. And I'm just like, why you, why you gotta, I mean, I guess you're right, but the key could be a whole bunch of different things. Um, but then, then later on, after the episode aired on Twitter, uh, Lauren defended herself saying that she was still fine doing it. She, she, right. she's actually, she's there through the whole thing. Right. Right. She, she was there for the whole thing. So she tolerated it well enough. And Lauren has actually gotten a little and she's he, she has said so on her Twitter page. Uh, you can follow her at Lauren underscore V O N D. She has said that she she really is being portrayed meaner than she really thinks she is. Um, which, of course, they have to make her fit the archetype. Um, right. But we're gonna have Lauren on hopefully the next episode our next podcast. Uh, so we'll get to see what she wants to say about all that. 
Well, good. And if she's not on the next one, she'll be on one in the future. So, listeners, keep your eyes peeled on my Twitter, at a halting sonnet, and uh, subscribe on iTunes, and you'll get to hear Lauren. One thing I have to ask, uh, does Melinda have Chewbacca slippers? I saw some sort of slippers on her at one point. Hobbit slippers. Hobbit slippers. Hobbit Interesting. slippers. So they're feet with fur. So the game is, there's one rider on a giant bottle. They're blindfolded, the bottle is spun, and then it stops, and the member of the opposite team that it's facing kisses the rider, and the rider has to guess who it is. So I thought it was funny for this competition that I think this was the first time the guys put on war paint. Yeah. Which is ironic because out of these first three competitions, this was the least warlike challenge you've played so far. Yes, Yes, it was. And you had no idea, right? Right. Well, we had no idea what we were gearing up for. We just knew we wanted to look intimidating. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, For our kissing. Right, right. I thought it was... I commented on this on Twitter, of course. I thought it was... A little funny how Matt, the host, said, you will all be getting your first kiss at summer camp right. because you and Melinda obviously shared a kiss earlier. Yeah, not not a first kiss for all of us. Yeah. <clears throat> Matt, Matt, you're uh, you're zero for two here on these on this second and third episode. You thought Chuck was shaking. You forgot that he'd kissed Melinda. I got to. <laughs> he might not have known. Call your. I mean... Hey, the host has got a. he's gotta know i gotta call his credibility into question here well he certainly has a habit of catching some other things so i uh you know i'm certainly not gonna gonna um i don't know where i'm going i'm gonna i'm just gonna i'm certainly not gonna but i am okay you can now because the numbers are uneven, Rachel and her team pick the two people to sit out, and they pick Justin, the hunter, who has at least some scruff. He's got basically a beard going on, and Mikey and Glenn. Yeah, so Justin has something very specific on his face that they would easily be able to tell, and they sit him out. I just, I don't get it. Did they have time to think about this? Did they have a little huddle? Was this so spontaneous that they just randomly picked two people i just want to know what was going through their heads they did have a couple of minutes um i don't know if you could hear it but if you listen to some of justin's interviews you can tell that his voice is kind of wonky um he was not feeling well and uh was on some some uh medication for his throat he was having some throat issues and i think because that might have been contagious that they didn't want to they didn't want to risk it wow. so they sat him out wow okay that's huh all right I, that's a better answer that, than i had thought that don't make sense <laughs> yeah yeah um although i think if the girl if there was a girl who was sick um and the boys were picking whether she'd be in or out if she was a bearded woman yeah. um <laughs> they would take their chances and get a cold yeah we're watching the challenge and it seems like people are set up almost in pairs, uh, going around in this circle around the, the bottle that's spinning. Uh, was that, yeah, yeah. that was the case, right? And, yep. And now it it sounds like people are, are either just like, at least speaking, sometimes cheering. And now this is during the, the walk up. So 
it would make me think that the person on the bottle at this point could tell where each set of people is by who's speaking. Was there something we didn't see where they were like, hey, when the person's walking up, you got to be quiet? Um, We were allowed to cheer until the last rotation of the bottle. Oh, okay. Uh, So they wanted us to cheer and... Uh, so and be you know animated but obviously they were very very strict about uh us doing anything that would give away who was who there were a couple of times that somebody cleared their throat and we got a bit of a warning over that so so again they were very fair and everything that was important was in the episode and you saw it and they they made sure that nobody was being untoward with the game i was paying attention when i was on the bottle to where matt was standing Mm. um because at least for a couple of them he stayed in one place yeah um eventually though he he started moving around more and that became less useful and was actually kind of a hindrance so yeah i stopped paying attention to that and i think the best the best strategy in addition to just feeling the person's face to figure out whose it was, right, was to figure out where the sun was in, oh. in relation to where you were. And so that's what I did. And each of the times that I was on the bottle, I came within one person of the person that was correct. I missed it every time, but I was within one of having the correct answer. So they cut out a, a, a few rounds in which nobody guessed anyone uh, because they weren't important. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of those in particular was when Rachel was riding the bottle and landed on me. And I was thinking to myself, well, I've got to kiss differently from how I would normally. So I, I walked up to her and I thought, okay, confidence and duration. So I planted <laughs> a really confident, strong kiss on her. And she giggles to herself and guessed that it was Moses. And I was very <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's great. When Chris is kissing Melinda, uh, so he walks up there and like pretty much blatantly shows that, hey. When Chris punches Chris, Melinda? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, even the host made a, a joke about it. And right. so the entire guys team has got to know at this point he's he's up to something, right? Or or was it not that obvious and it was only seemed obvious to us as the viewer? Well, yeah. It, uh, it was obvious that something was up. It wasn't at all obvious what that was. Um, okay. When you walk up to somebody and headbutt them with your mouth, um, (laughs) when you have facial hair, right? I mean, that, that was pretty obvious, but he tried to pass it off when he got back to our camp as uh, I was trying to kiss her as quickly as I could so she couldn't feel the facial hair. Hmm. And eh, it didn't yeah. really fly. Yeah, that, that's um, more angle than quickness. Exactly. It was an okay excuse, I guess, but it didn't really fly. And it just lent itself to even more suspicion. Right. The only person on your team to guess correctly is Cameron when he lands on Lauren and correctly guesses Lauren, which uh, may speak to their developing 
relationship. Right. I mean, it, it could it speak to... a bit to their the way that their relationship is going. It could speak a bit about Lauren's loyalty. Um, given that she's got this relationship with Cameron and given that she's kind of playing for both teams, mm-hmm. I wouldn't put how, it past how her. How could she her. have... How could she have tipped him off to it, though? Well, given that they they are developing a relationship, a a more passionate kiss could have been a tip-off. Mm. I'm just, yeah, just a suggestion. Yeah, yeah. So he gets that one point, but it's nowhere near enough. Um, so it's that, that great moment when Michelle lands on Mike and the host, what is his name again? Matt. Matt. Matt Rogers. There's an M name. There's too many M names going on right now. Matt, Mike, um, Mike. Thank you, Chuck, for not having an M name. No worries. Anyway, Matt said, like puts this whole thing for the first color war win for the girls. Can you guess who it is, Michelle? And just like without hesitation, she's like, "Is it Mike?" Um, and then of course it is, and she whips off the blindfold. And calls out, I know a whore when I smell one. And that's her little, like, gyrating dance thing. Yes. Um, I just loved that moment. <laughs> Not because of moment. the camera angle, which, thank you, cameraman, but um, I get the idea. Uh, but that was just, that was so fantastic. I'm trying to figure out why I liked it so much. Yeah, well, it could have been his look when he's on the ground, like, really? It was, because he, <laughs> like, he was just so ashamed. Well, he that wears is, a, is a very so... specific cologne, yeah. And that uh, <laughs> that was his undoing, I guess. I mean, did he... Was it still on from when he was... I mean, he didn't end up going to the the dance, but was... Oh, he just he? wears it all the time. He, he wears it all the time. He, he just wore it all the time, yeah. Terrible and, mistake. Yeah, Mike wore cologne all the time. And in fact... Uh, in in episode two, when Aaron was banished and we saw Aaron wearing his shirt, I don't think she ever talked about it, but apparently she was, uh, when she first had the shirt, she was like, oh, it smells like Mike. And it, it, I, I, I don't know if that was one of the reasons she took it or not, but uh, she, she would have been great at picking out Mike out of the crowd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Riesling is going to leave the episode early. So we will say goodbye to her. I'm definitely going to call out Chris on his have it your way McDonald's. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what? At least he's quick. Can we at least give sure, him Sure, he's him? witty. I he's would agree with that. Um, Just needs to... My main issue with the episode was more with the editors. I need more Kyle in my episode. I think we could all agree that we need more Kyle. I, I talked to Kyle just last night and... Uh, and expressed some disappointment that he couldn't make it to L.A. for our viewing parties. Um, he's a great guy. And even even though I was jagging his wires on Twitter a little bit about uh, his comment to ISIS that he would eliminate Mike, Mikey, or I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he jumped right in and said, do you think I'd really tell her my actual plan? Yeah, I have uh, to... So... I have to apologize to... The hell is his name again? Kyle about that because I brought that up with you last time and I completely it didn't come to mind that he could actually be being strategic about this 
Could have been. I mean, yeah. either way, it was early days in the game, and he didn't really know us that well yet. Sure. So, I I don't blame him, but it was uh, it was just kind of a fun moment. Yep. He's a great guy. Um, okay. I have to leave early because it's not actually early, uh, but it's hard to understand time when you're not experiencing it and only experiencing it later via podcast. If that didn't make sense to you, think about it. Good night. <laughs> so long. <laughs>Justin picks Chris and Mike to banish. Uh, Chris is an obvious choice. Mike is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, and and he says his decision is based on the fact that everyone else wanted him to go. And right. that seems after the fact that that's not... But, I mean, regardless of whether it was or wasn't the case, he's the second person he's sending along with Chris is the one going home. Yeah. And right. was it more clear to us at that point than it was you guys playing the game? No, we knew that whoever they sent over there with Chris, at least I did, was huh. going home. Right, the Kyle and plan seemed horrible either way you cut it. Yeah, exactly. We we all we were worried that he was going to send Kyle and that that wasn't going to work. Um, we thought, you know, it's it's not a terrible idea because he does have more credit with the girls than any of the rest of us mm -hmm. but it it didn't seem like it was gonna work this week uh especially if we sent him over there with chris if we gave them a tougher decision between like kyle and mike that then kyle might have made it um but it's hard to say yeah what i was thinking all along was that you know we've got to eliminate people that we have duplicates of Right. I'm the strategist and, and and the puzzle guy and kind of the apparently the lean climber and I yeah, eclectic yeah. skills guy. Yeah. And and um Moses and Mike are the muscle. Right. So Cameron's Cameron's kind of the Don Juan. Uh -huh. Justin is the outdoorsman. You know, we really don't need two of any of those. Right. So, so it was the right to, uh, of those two people, you know, better Mike than anyone else aside from Moses. Right. I if I was if it was my decision, I would have sent Chris and either Mike or Moses. Mm -hmm. And I did. I I expressed that to Justin, and I told him, you know, either Mike or Moses would be the the smartest choice at this point because you've got two of them. I see. So it sort of was the majority, but in a very fractional. Right. I mean, because I... Chris also had anti... It, we didn't see Chris and uh, Justin talking, nor did we see Mikey B and Justin talking, but Chris does have some, you know, anti-beefy guy thing going on, so he probably would have said Mike or Moses as well. Right. Or maybe Mikey B. Or maybe Mikey B, yeah. So, um, so okay. And then the other thing is that Cameron and Moses. Now this is going to be this is a point of contention later on because in the second week I was considering voting for Mike as camp counselor. Right. And uh I was considering that because he had 
been kind of frustrated with the rest of the group's decisions in our voting. And I kind of was trying to think of ways that we could show confidence in Mike as a team member and include him more. Uh-huh. Um, because he hasn't ostracized himself the way Chris had. Right. He was just kind of going off his own direction. And I expressed that concern to Moses and Moses was the one telling me, no, he, do you really want somebody that's, that's not with the group to lead the group? And that, that was what changed my mind. And in the end I voted for Kyle, but that, that initial comment when I had said, maybe I'll vote for Mike apparently was a bigger deal for Moses than it was for me. Yes. Because that, I think Moses realized that it was probably down, you know, between Mike and him, one of them could have been going home. So I think he was kind of not necessarily out for himself, but he was kind of trying to find a way to make sure that it wasn't him. And he teaming up with Cameron and he did have a, a chat with me about it in which he convinced me that that Mike was probably the strongest choice, you know. So I, I, then bringing all of these concerns to Justin's attention, they really did swing the vote there. And I wasn't wasn't aware at the time of how how potentially manipulative that that could have been. Yeah. In retrospect, I think that it was all genuine concern, but it it, it comes across kind of shady. Yeah. After the announcement of all that, Mike and Mikey B have a talk outside when Mike is on his way out. Uh, Mike knows, he gets confirmation from Mikey B and Kyle that they were on his side. So he goes back in and really almost gets into a fight with Justin, it seems. That was very tense. Yeah. I mean, how, if in that, you must have been seriously uncomfortable there. Yeah. Yeah, we were a little concerned. We, I mean, things are starting to heat up in terms of gameplay, and we're we're getting closer. This was the first time someone was eliminated, but we're we're getting closer to the end of uh, end of the the road, the goal. And so, the closer we get, the more well, the harder people are going to take it. Mm-hmm. So then the two of them go over and talk with the girls. Chris goes in first. He gives them congratulations. Isis is the one to bring up the question, what are we going to get from you? And Chris brings up that, you know, he gave them the beard this time. The girls are surprised that Mike is the other one. So Mike tells the girls that, of course, he would give them Justin if he were ever counselor again, which is good for them to hear. But then... Isis is bothered that Mike would, in her words, sabotage his team, which is funny because she was the one who asked Chris if he would work for the girls' team. Right. I think I think when she was talking to Mike, it was more of a strategic play to say that she was uh, surprised anyone would sabotage their team. I think I think she was just kind of feeling it out and trying to find out, um, just it, get him to talk, you know. Because hmm. um, it seemed awfully, it did seem awfully genuine. Because she was, she started even describing herself. I'm a, I'm a team player, so I'm a little bothered that you would 
right. do that. Which, well, <laughs> okay, all right. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I'd have to ask. Yeah, have to ask Isis. Get her on here, Isis. Come on. Then Mike says, uh, the last sentence that we hear from Mike during his time with the girls, which I believe the the makers of the show put emphasis on. He says, Chris has screwed himself over with everybody. He says that to the girls. And then you hear this whomph of soundtrack. Or I forget exactly what the sound was. But, uh-huh. but I mean, I, I, I would say that Mike was going probably either way. But saying that Chris has screwed himself over with everybody guarantees that they're going to want to keep Chris. Ooh, yeah. Oops. Big mistake. It's the worst thing to say if he wants to stay. Right. Well, again, I think Michelle's got a really strong argument there. If they got rid of Chris, they'd see two strong players every single time that they had an elimination. I mean, it's a toss-up, was... but if, if, if we keep sending Chris to them... We are in control of who goes home. Yeah. Ultimately. It's going to be the person that isn't Chris. Every time. And, you know, there people have said, well, it would be a mistake to send Chris every week. But is it really? It puts us in control. As opposed to the girls. Whereas... I... So it, it there's there's strategic points to both sides. But if they were to get rid of Chris, at this point in the game it would certainly give them more options in the future. I don't think it ends up holding up. If he makes it to the end, if they keep him around and he makes it to the end, it's true that at the end, he's going to be fighting for the boys, for the guy's team. But I bet the fact that, you know, at that point, He's not going to betray the guys anymore, but I bet he still won't be that much of an asset. Do you think, think he won't betray the guys anymore? Because I think he won't betray. Today, no, 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 no. I think he won't betray them if he makes it all the way to the end. Because so I, far in his interview in this episode, he went on record as having as saying, um, "I'm not even thinking about the money. I just if I'm not going to get it, I don't want any of them to get it either." Okay, that um, might be, okay. Fine, that might be true. But if he gets all the way to the end, there's enough time. Yeah. It will. It, it. He can't at that point say, you know what? None of us are gonna have it. We're gonna give it all to the girls. I I can't believe that would ever happen. He's gonna fight for it then. But my point is, even with him fighting for it, then I bet he's not as much of an asset as any of the others on your team. Right. Therefore, I think it is more to the girl's advantage to keep him around. Right. Well, possibly. I mean, it's it was a sound piece of strategy that they from Michelle. Yeah. If or they from... if they were if they were gunning for certain people that they weren't seeing, the best way to get those people to come over, you you have you have higher chances of seeing the people you're gunning for if you get rid of Chris. Because otherwise, yes. you're only going to get one person. But, but I, I do see what you're saying. You're right. It's it's absolutely better to keep him around as the weakest link on the team so far. We catch up with them walking over to go and vote. And Lauren says, if Justin and you make it to the end, they're f***ed. Uh-huh. 
which I think is just like she thinks that you and just I mean okay you have sh- for the first two competitions truly you, you have shown that you are not to be uh, underestimated and right. Justin has taken fairly respectable charge so far um, and right. and respected everyone's opinions and clearly has had it just the stress that we see him going through at the end of this episode shows that he's really thinking about it right um but so, so i you know i can understand her saying if justin makes it to the end they're in trouble but you i understand that they underestimated you but she's raising you up all the way to justin's level which which <laughs> it, that's more than just not underestimating that's that's saying this guy is really he's still more than than we think he is well, I think at this point I'm I'm kind of uh she's going on a on the the stereotype of the nerd as being the mastermind. And Justin and I really did. We had a lot of uh strategy sessions. We we would eat lunch together and and talk about <clears throat> who we wanted to see as their camp counselor and uh who what would be best for us and who we could expect to see if we won another challenge mm-hmm. in the banishment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we we started to get to know each other pretty well, and we would have these these long talks. It's possible that Lauren was seeing some of that and thinking, "Oh my goodness, these two are going to become a power, you know, a, a power team." Interesting. Um, I so she may have been she may have been just predicting the way that the game was going to go right. more so than than basing her statement off of what she had seen so far right, right something something else that comes up lauren says it's not black and white so it, these are very gray decisions and and i she has earned some more respect for me for for not just coming to a decision and then not thinking about it anymore right i mean it, it's uh you don't know what the next challenge is going to be. Mm-hmm. Every challenge from here on in could be strength-based. We could really need Mike and Moses. Right. But I would rather have one Moses or one Mike and the rest of the diverse skills that we've got on our team than, than have them both and potentially get booted myself. Yep. You know, yep. I feel like my job on the team was to take all of these great decisions and use logic to the best of my ability to make them as black and white as possible Mm. (laughs) um in some cases it's just not possible you just kind of have to you know pick the lesser of two evils but that's really what it's about make just thinking about it until until you until your head explodes yeah (laughs) yeah i mean you the, the only information you can go on is what you've seen so far you know people people would throw out well if you wind up having to work with the girls who would you rather have on your team and i'm like but you're not on our team right now and there's no evidence that that's ever gonna happen Mm -hmm. it might and if it does we'll deal with it but right now who knows yeah Yeah. it doesn't seem like the girls come to a solid conclusion and then they still all vote five zero for mike going home right
You know, I don't, I really don't, I don't think Lauren's the main girl. I mean, I don't think anyone's the main girl. I think Lauren is the one who fits into her archetype the least. Yeah. I think, I think I'm seeing the show, I don't know. You don't think she's the mean girl? Interesting. I I mean, I, I don't I mean, think, I think she's just. You think she's being negatively characterized. Yes. Basically. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, having met Lauren and hung out with her, I, I don't think she's a terrible human being. I think she's great. Um, at the same time, she did actually say all of the things that she's saying on TV. Sure. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, um, I guess she's now, now that the show is airing, she's getting a lot of negative attention. Um, and a lot of people are saying things that are not so nice about her and the things she's doing on the show. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I personally agree with you, Mark. I, I don't think that it's all necessarily earned. Um, I think had it, been me in her shoes i probably would have thought a little bit more about a couple of the things she said mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i mean overall i overall not so bad yeah. i definitely came on down on her a lot the first episode but that's because that's because she deserved it in the first episode <laughs> <laughs> well yeah you haven't you haven't seen enough of her to make a an unbiased decision and i'm not gonna wait i'm just gonna keep switching my opinions every episode <laughs> all and right that's what'll happen this week, Lauren is cool. Yeah. You just like her because she likes your uh, your Twitter page. Because she, yeah, she's liked she's, a few of my tweets. And she, I am easily bought, Chuck. <laughs> I am very easily bought. And Lauren was the first one of the people. I mean, you, you were first first. But then only yeah. she and Mikey B of the contestants have been the ones to follow me. So You hear that, guys? You want a, a true friend for life. All you got to do is follow Mark and uh and like a couple of tweets and he will sing your praises so mark um someone has submitted their favorite chuck quote of the week oh yeah is yeah. it better than the last one it is in fact this week okay, um this week's was submitted by emily grant we and know emily yes we do know emily we went to college with her yes and she was fantastic uh the most quotable moment is i'm really good at clinging to things it's it's a step up from last week's episode yeah you mean from episode two yes yeah. from episode two it's a step up <laughs> it certainly beats i by a little bit the uh i do stage combat yeah because th this definitely can at least have a couple different meanings i'm and... really good at clinging to things and i knew as soon as i saw that on tv i mean that tends to get some laughs when people watch that bit of the episode just when you're is... and when you're making it's... your case to yeah. stay to not be cut out yeah it's kind of a ridiculous thing to say yeah <laughs> i guess it is <laughs> i know, guess so okay emily my mother um, <laughs> relatives oh strangers <laughs> i'm really good at clinging to things yes yeah <laughs> so thank you emily thank you emily thank you for listening to the podcast tell yeah. all your friends and neighbors <laughs> are you okay Mark? in this tell them to listen in this voice join us join us 
You're you're wearing a wonderful scarf in scenes from next time. Oh, I thank have you. To say you're thank welcome. You. I like that scarf. I have a hard time wearing scarves. I like them when it's cold, and in the mornings and evenings at camp, it is it is cold. I usually use a neck warmer. Yeah, um, I've never been able to pull it off stylistically. Oh, you know you care about that more than I do. <laughs> well, I live in Hollywood, Mark. I kind of have yeah. to. Oh, oh, I got a new scarf for Christmas last year. Is it also Harry Potter-esque? It is not. It is a, um, it's the Doctor Who fourth Doctor's scarf. It's 12 feet long and awesome. Oh, more of your prop loving. Yes. Oh my goodness, it's so cool. Sorry, I had to gush about that for a bit. Well, at the episode, at the end of the episode, um, Mike is certainly upset about Justin as he put you know betraying him or at least he had that sentiment um he doesn't blame the girls at all for picking him over chris he says that he hopes justin gets his he says you know somebody's gonna catch on to your game and i really don't think justin has a game you know a real i think justin is very conflicted Uh, i don't think you know he was really i don't think his edge was his own edge and sinister plans and things. I think he was just trying to pick what he thought would be best in the long run, not only for him, but for the team cohesion as a whole as as they, as things start whittling away. Right. I, I think I, I have to disagree with Mike about that. Um, but before we you, get so back you into... Think, you think that Mike is vilifying Justin a bit? I think so, and, and I... I do have sympathy for Mike, um, but I'm going to get into that in just a minute here. The last thing I wanted to say about Justin is that given how difficult this was for him, I think he may be compromised. I think this might be enough to shake him and, and get him to start questioning himself whether he's counselor or not in future episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think that may be tough. Well, we'll have to wait and see. And I know, I mean, in this episode, he's he uh, he wasn't feeling himself. He wasn't feeling totally a hundred percent. Sure, he was under the under weather. The weather. Yeah. So whether or not that will will come into play, whether or not that coupled with maybe second guessing himself is gonna is going to be his downfall is anyone's guess. But. Um, but it, it could certainly take its toll in future challenges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's what I got to say to Mike. Because, Mike, I promised you that we'd give you a send-off. I said that <laughs> on Twitter. Mike, even if you hadn't trusted Justin as much as you did, he probably would have gotten counselor again, unless you'd done some real back-end work with the other guys. So whether or not you trusted Justin, you might have still been banished and then gone out. But because you connected with Justin, and I do believe there was a real connection and real friendship there coming from both ways, the decision to banish you felt like a betrayal. If you hadn't connected with Justin and everything else had remained the same, you probably would have still been gone. And it wouldn't have felt as bad, but the results would have still been the same. So don't blame yourself for trusting Justin. I would have trusted Justin the same. He's a strong leader. 
So don't blame yourself for trusting Justin. And I wouldn't even say don't hold too much ill will towards Justin for what ended up happening. If you have to blame something, blame the bad luck of being on the same team as another well-built, strong guy who's been in dangerous situations, a.k.a. Moses. And maybe even if, if you must take something away from this and learn a lesson, if you're going to blame yourself for anything, blame yourself for not working hard enough to get the others to see that not only you are a very strong asset, but that you are a unique asset. Right. Right, because ultimately that was that was the decision Justin was faced with, and uh, and I think I I miss you, Mike, and I I liked having you on the team. I thought you were a great guy, but at the end of the day, I stand behind Justin's decision as as a one that was strong for the team. Mm-hmm. And Mike, I got to say, I mean, I. I live very close to an army base, a um, fairly large one, and consequent between that and me having, even before I moved out here, uh, a friend in the army, I live with three army guys, and and I've met quite a few army guys, and some of them are really dumb. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I know everyone's like, oh, support our troops, and, you know, great for you defending our country but some people who are in the army shouldn't be there and are doing more harm than good and and i can tell that just from the amount of time that i've spent with these guys i know i you know i haven't i really know nothing beyond what i've heard but there are people who should be in the army and people who shouldn't and if anyone has anti-army sentiments towards Mike thinking, oh, he's just an army yuck who who was just a meathead. I'll tell you right now, just from just from what I got from seeing Mike on TV, it is not with sarcasm that I say thank you for serving. Yeah, he's a smart guy. He's a smart and capable guy. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. We enjoyed seeing you and. I hope you get some more work in whatever fields that that you want to be in. Yeah. And keep in touch, brother. That's Halting Podcast. I'm Mark Brillig. I'm Glenn. And I'm Chuck Lines. Total in your joy. Can I say hello to Emily? Yeah. Hello, Emily. <laughs> I thought we'd more or less said everything. To I her know, at this but point, I wanted but I to specifically say hello. Wow, that, I wanted to say hello. That's uh, how I say. I'd be like hello, hello. I usually but, say I'm Frank Sinatra to people, and and that usually <laughs> no. <laughs> Emily will get it. You don't need to get it. Oh, gosh.